UFC Fight Pass presents Extra Rounds. Live from the Fight Pass studios in Southern California. Extra Rounds. Extra Rounds. Along with Pearl Gonzalez, here's your host, TJ DeSantis. Oh, it's Extra Rounds on UFC Fight Pass. TJ DeSantis, Pearl Gonzalez. Uh, Pearl, it, it sounded like you were rocking uh, a maraca there. Is it, is I just that, finished. Uh, no, I just finished my workout, so I'm I'm making sure to get my uh, protein. I mean, you're you're always taking care of yourself. That's probably why you didn't spend Christmas in bed like I did with COVID. I did actually. I had surgery two days before, so I was right. in bed. Yeah, yeah, but I'm I'm just saying not with COVID. Oh, you, COVID. Yeah, no, I was sick with COVID. I had worse. COVID. Yeah. I I remember. And I was really sick with it. So yeah. I mean, it's a part of it. You know, it's definitely not easy. It was really hard to go through. Yeah, no, 100%. We have a lot to uh, catch up on. As I mentioned, it is our 2021 year-end uh, Fight Pass uh, Awards. And um, we're going to start with kind of a breakout star. You know, all these live event partners that we have over on UFC Fight Pass, you get to see these prospects, uh, you know, from all over the world make it to the UFC. And uh, if you're one of the cool kids, you know who these you know men and women are before they get to uh, the octagon and... We've got one athlete who made it to the UFC in 2021. He's only fought one time, and he made such a splash that he is the graduate of the year. Do you know who I'm talking about, Pearl? Like, think about the the biggest star power in the UFC who's only had one fight. I can't even. I have no idea. I, I No, I don't know. I'm I mean, not even going to guess. I mean, you, you can't be a goody two-shoe. you got to be a baddie. Patty the Batty? Yeah, Patty the Batty. Yeah. Teamwork makes right. dream work. We, we, we got that right. <laughs> uh, Patty Pimblett, uh, the graduate of the year. If you don't know uh, who Patty Pimblett That's is, awesome. then I, I, I just honestly don't think that you were paying attention because uh, let me tell you something about the Batty lad. Uh, he, he's definitely someone you got to keep your eye on. And, and someone that we saw in New York, Pearl, uh, at the meet and greet that we did where, again, he's only fought one time uh, in the UFC, and he's honestly one of the bigger stars that you could find, uh, probably the biggest star in the UFC for only having one fight in the octagon. Yeah, I mean, Patty is definitely one of these dudes that is here, and he's not just here to fight and to be an athlete. He's here to make a splash. He's here to make a dent in the in the professional combat sports world, whatever you want to call it. Like Patty says over and over, I am the future of this sport. I will be bigger than Conor McGregor. And we even spoke to, uh, I forgot his name, the, uh, from, who said that, uh, you know, that he thinks that Patty is much bigger than Conor was. So, right. I mean, you know, and, and there's athletes that come in that, that don't really want that shine, that want to just focus on being an athlete, that want to focus on their skills and, and not necessarily the entertainment part. And then, then there are those athletes that are here to like break boundaries and tear down walls and, you know, break through any and every obstacle in front of them. And Patty, the baddie is one of these, these gentlemen for sure. One of these st stars in the making. Yeah. When I look at uh, Patty Pimblett and, and, you know, the conversation that you and I had with, with Graham Boylan, uh, the reason that Graham said that uh, Patty was, uh, almost in a better situation than than Connor was is that he's already sort of struggled and had to rebuild himself uh, up, you know, outside in, in cage warriors. And, and that is something that I, I find to be 100% true. You can't be a champion unless you faced adversity. And if you are able to get through adversity and get back to your sort of championship vintage form before you even get 
get into the UFC, you got a leg up on your competition. I, I got to believe that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that, um, you know, it's just, it's such a great time. The sport right now is at an all time high. I don't know if you saw like the, the article that came out about where the UFC is and how many records they broke um, this year based off of 2020. I mean, the sport right now, not just the UFC, the UFC has driven this sport to the, the highest level of it's ever been. It's got more exposure now than it's ever gotten. And so for these athletes, like this is the best time to come in. Not only is it because it's the biggest um, and they have, this, they have so many fights. You have so much competition happening. I mean, you can fight every other weekend if you want. We've seen several athletes do that this past year where they fought five or six times. That's right. insane. Um, you know, to, to think of, to think that someone has had that, had six fights in one year, in 12 months. So, um, yes, Patty, Patty, the, the baddie is definitely making that splash. We have the sport at the best that it's, it's ever been. And then you have someone like the promoter. I'm sorry. What was his name? I can't. can't Graham, Graham Boyle. Graham, Graham. We have someone like Graham who has failed in his own promotion and had to rebuild himself. And so, you know, you have all of that. It's just, it's timing. Timing in life is 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 amazing. And Patty the Batty is taking full advantage of his perfect timing. Yeah. What, what do you think about his star power, though? Because even even though he's had to build himself up and, and become, you know, 2.0 before he got to the UFC, he, he's still a young man with a ton of not only potential, but a lot of now attention. That's got to be somewhat hard to sort of manage when you're, you know, an up and coming young athlete and all of a sudden the world like adores you. Uh, unless that's what exactly what you wanted, unless you know that you were born to be that underneath those bright lights and in front of these eyes and, and people and lead people, then it's exactly where you want to be. Uh, that that pressure, some would call pressure, is like fire and energy that, that really just builds you and lifts you and, and uplifts you in these big moments when you've got these huge crowds screaming and stuff. And so I think for Patty, especially someone that is very vocal about where he wants to and the things he wants to accomplish in his career and his fight career. Um, this is exactly what he wants. He wants to be the, with all eyes on him. He wants that attention. Um, and I believe we'll, we'll see whether he thrives or if it, it, you know, if it is pressure. Right. We'll find out, uh, Patty Pimblett, your 2021 graduate of the year, uh, from UFC fight pass. We'll see what 2022 has in store for the young lad, uh, as he uh, will get back to action uh, coming up here uh, in the new year. Uh, it is Extra Rounds here on UFC Fight Pass. TJ DeSantis along with Pearl Gonzalez. We're going to be joined by uh, some heavy hitters on the show. Um, Jonathan Piersma is scheduled to join us. You could see him on the uh, UFC Fight Pass Invitational as well as uh, Fury Pro Grappling. Uh, we're going to talk to him about a uh, big submission that he had uh, last year. We're also going to be joined by Chase Hooper, who's up for a Fight Pass Award. Um, we'll, we'll get into that a little bit later on. Uh, just some, some surprises. Something called the Fight Pass Czar is headed your way on this program later today. 
So uh, just stick around and uh, you'll see where, where this goes. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a, a ride to remember. Um, let's take a look at what we're all here to really sort of look at, Pearl, and that's fights. That's why we are on the UFC uh, every weekend. We want to see, you know, fights. And that's one thing that I love about the UFC more than anything, and, and not even just the UFC, just mixed martial arts as a whole, which is why I think that you should be watching Cage Warriors and the like, is you don't necessarily have to even know who's competing. If you just tune in and magic happens, it might very well be the best mixed martial arts fight of the year in a promotion that maybe you've never heard of before with fighters you've never heard of before. And, uh, you know, if, if you were to sort of pick the ideal, you know, fight of the year candidate for yourself, what would it be? Would it be a, a knockout fight? Would it be, you know, some sweet grappling? Would it be, uh, you know, Bonner and Griffin esque where it really wasn't very technical at all, but was just kind of fun and sloppy. So wait, the question was what fighter would I pick or what, what fight? What, what kind of fight would you pick to be a fight of the year? Is it something that's technical? Is it something that's maybe a little gritty? I, it has to be both of those. If it's fight of the night, I mean, we have incredible fights every weekend that we get to see. And so if for it to, to really surpass all the amazing fights that we already watch, it, right. it has to be extremely competitive. Um, it has to be uh, high level and uh, technical. Because in order for them to constantly counter, because that's usually what an exciting fight is, right? It's the counter after the counter after right. the counter. One gets dropped, then they get up, and then the other one gets dropped. So it's constant, like this, it, it's a constant battle of these wills. And it's two wills that are just refusing to quit. And so they're just literally going head to head. So I think that it has to be a combination of all of the things that you said. Yeah, for me, I, I always throw this stupid line out there every once in a while. Uh, I, I say I like my mixed martial arts like I like my breakfast, scrambled. I like scrambles. And uh, <laughs> the more scrambles I can get, the, the more intriguing and entertaining I think uh, a fight can be. So, uh, yeah, I mean, but I'm with you. Like, I, I want back and forth. I want both fighters to have their moments to sort of maybe not know who won the round. And, and you know, you got to have some drama and things like that. But uh, it is time to take a look at the nominees for fight of the year here on UFC Fight Pass. And let's take a look uh, at your nominees. Uh, fight of the year. Uh, it comes down to Gerald Scott and Tommy Aaron from LFA 100. Lester Martinez, who is someone to keep your eye on in the boxing world. Uh, he's a young man from Guatemala who is just uh, fun to watch, to say the least. He's got some really big power uh, in his hands. Um, Carlos Vergara versus Jacob Silva from Fury FC 44. And Paul Hughes versus Morgan Sherrier from Cage Warriors 28. I wish we had like a like a drum roll, you know, the like to build the suspense. I don't, I don't have that. Thank you. That's that that's way better than like my beatboxing. So thank you for coming through uh, on that. But uh, your winner for fight of the year for 2021 is Paul Hughes versus Morgan Sherrier. Uh, it gets the uh, nod. Let's take a look at uh, this fight. Tough gloves if you want. Step back. Oh, uh, like, it, it's so hard because we're taking one of the best fights of the year, if not the best fight of the year, and trying to shrink it down to like 30 seconds. So it's hard to walk away with the, the biggest idea of what happened here uh, in, in this magical bout. But I, I will say... You got UFC Fight Pass. You can go relive this in its full glory 
on, on Cage Warriors right now. Like, Cage Warriors is a good time. We went to the one in San Diego, and, uh, yeah, it, it was a phenomenal show. But, like, these shows look bonkers that are going on in the UK. Do they not look bonkers? Can you? Can you? Yeah, they look awesome. Yeah. They look they look like a lot of fun. Absolutely. I just want to go to. And England. they they did they make their have they always been here in America or did they just just no, start making yeah, their? That was uh, their sort of come over this year. Is they did uh, nice. I think three shows uh, the first time uh, here in the states because Cage Warriors uh, had been a long time UK based promotion. And uh, they actually kind of didn't go out of business, but took like a really long hiatus for like two or three years. And then uh, Graham Boylan came back in a, a big way. And, you know, COVID times, not a, not a good thing for anybody. But one thing that we did see is some adaptations in mixed martial arts, like what the UFC did to keep going and staying in business. And that's what Cage Warriors did, too. They stayed in business and they would do the trilogy. It would be three shows back to back to back. And, uh, you know, it's awesome. Like. There are years where a lot of shows don't get to do three shows in, in one year. And uh, Cage Warriors did, I think, like 10 or 12 or something like that. And a lot of them were were back to back. Wow. Yeah, I do remember we talked about they had a ton of shows this past year. And um, they have some really big things planned, too, in the in the years to come as well. So next year. Yeah, no. Uh, Cage Warriors is definitely must-see TV uh, over there on UFC Fight Pass. All right, this is must-see TV, but I kind of feel bad because, like, I don't, I don't want to celebrate other people's misfortune, but that's one of the biggest things in, like, sports is, is follies and bloopers. And uh, I'm, I'm a little nervous to sort of make fun of this next gentleman because if he, uh, if he were to be mad at me, and were to come after me like he comes after people on on Twitter, I I would literally hide behind you, Pearl. I would ask for your <laughs> protection. So um, hopefully Sean Strickland doesn't get too too upset. But uh, it is time for folly of the year. And uh, man, this uh, comes from Submission Underground. Sean Strickland. On you know the what? Mm -hmm. Sean Strickland deserves this. Okay, he deserves this award right here. All right, this is what he let's gets. look at it. Let's look at it so people can can see what happened. He's taking on Andy Varela here. Uh, Varela rocking that sweet blonde mullet. And Varela, by the way, is a, uh, a, a he's an up and comer in the grappling in the professional grappling world. Yeah. He's a, a tenth planet jujitsu uh, artist. He's had some incredible grappling matches. He's been on a roll, constantly competing. So this was a really big com competitive match because of how big Varela and consistent he's been and moving up in the jiu-jitsu world. And obviously Sean Strickland is a, is a star, we know that, a UFC star. So this was a really big and exciting match. And to end the way it did, to me is like, yeah, he deserves this award. But go yeah. ahead. No, I mean, uh, I'm basically gonna echo everything that, that you just said because uh, Andy Varela, there's no shame in, in losing to Andy Varela. He's a very good jiu-jitsu player, as you outlined and mentioned. I mean, I've called some uh, lower level grappling tournaments where he's won one night tournaments. You know, he's, he's beat, you know, seven other uh, people. Uh, I think it was in El Paso at a show called El Paso's Best Grappler and he shined and he's really good at overtime too. But Strickland mm -hmm. just had, I, I don't know if you want to call it a brain fart. I don't know if you want to say no. like, he figuratively no. choked, but like he just, he didn't seem to worry about turning his back to someone that you don't ever give your back to. Well, the thing is, is I'm sure that he was in a cage. He was in a very similar setting that was not like a grappling setting. You know, I've, I've competed for 
Submission Underground, it does give you that, you do get really awesome, like, fight vibes, being inside there with the cage and stuff. It, it's just different from a regular uh, professional grappling match. And so for Sean, Sean was, he is the type of fighter, he likes mental warfare. He right. is very, very verbal um, when he competes. I also think that that's a part of him dealing with his own pressure and his own stresses. He likes to talk. He likes to verbally kind of piss his opponent off or whoever's yeah. in front of him. He really does do really well with that. And so he was doing what he normally does in his matches as he was kind of, you know, using this, this, uh, uh, these mind games against Andy Varela, and he gave him his back. And in MMA, you can allow for this to happen, right? You can give your back a little bit and watch, because typically right here, you're going to get striked. You're, you're going to get struck. Not strike, but... And then Andy was like, uh, no, I'm not playing this game with you. Uh, you gave me your back. I'm taking it. And so for me, because I was watching this live, I, you know, Chael was laughing. He was enjoying this match because, yes, Sean was being kind of comical and, and egging him on and stuff. And so I love that you don't, you know, that he didn't take this seriously or he didn't in the moment take it too seriously. But the fact that Andy Varela was like, you can play all you want. I'm here to win. I'm not here to play. I'm not here to test myself like you are. I'm here to win. And the fact that he just took that split second to take advantage of the moment and jump on his back, which no one would have thought in the moment. But when you think about it as a jiu-jitsu player, like, of course I would do that. Right. Absolutely. He yeah. gave me his back and his neck and choke him out and actually get the finish. It was it was impressive, to, to say the least, because he was on that just instinct. And he, he really did listen to himself. And Strickland was kind of the exact opposite. He was like, this is a jiu-jitsu match. I'm not really going to get hurt in here. Uh, let me play. Let me just have a little fun. And I think he learned. I I wonder if he learned his lesson. That's a great oh, question to ask. I mean, <laughs> it's a, it's a lesson that is hard to learn, but it, that's that's the way you would want to learn it, right? Like it wasn't a a huge championship fight that's going to define his career. Like people are going to forget about this for the most part. They were playing around yeah. and you know whatever. I remember there's this guy. Uh, I believe his name was Dave Gardner. He fought in uh, Japan against somebody, and for whatever reason, like he. He he had his opponent on his back in like a, a back ride position, and he decided to wave to the crowd and go, "Hi Japan!" And when he did that, he got rear naked choked. And it's just like, "Oh my gosh, what are you doing?" I mean, there's thousands of dollars on the line at that point. Like, I don't, I don't know. But. Okay, so what is the definition of folly? Because, uh, I mean, it just means like a mistake. Let's let's okay. find out. Let's. Uh, I can ask uh, Siri. What is the definition of folly? Uh, lack of good sense, foolishness. No. Okay. Well, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good award. I like that. Are you going to call me a folly? No. I've made no. a folly in my my time. I'm not gonna not gonna deny it, Pearl. <laughs> I've made some follies in my time. She's Pearl Gonzalez. I'm TJ DeSantis. It's Extra Rounds here on UFC Fight Pass, taking a look back at the year that was 2021. And uh, it, it is time to move on to uh, knockout of the year. Um, are, are knockouts your favorite? Like, because I still believe in my heart of hearts that I would much rather see a, a you know, fancy, snappy, uh, stylish submission over a knockout. But Knockouts definitely do get people feeling certain ways. 
Uh, you know, I think for me, where I'm at in my career, uh, I've been really focused on boxing and striking. So for me, yes, knockouts are, they are so amazing to watch. They really are. To, the, to take your body and physically shut someone right. off, physically right. put them unconscious with right. a strike, to me is the most amazing thing possible. When it happens, you're like, you have no idea. You're like fighting and you're like, Grr, and all of a sudden this person just like, falls and drops and you're like ah, what right. did I just do you know so yeah. like the even the feeling for the person when you feel it it's amazing so for me I think that you know even as a fan when I watch the the sport knockouts there because you just literally watch someone go unconscious and, and like the way they fall and, and sure. so knockout 100% yeah I, I just think that there's something absolutely beautiful about dominating your opponent so badly that uh, out of sheer terror for their well-being, they have to make a cognitive decision and go, look, you're better than me. Please stop this. You've won. Like, you, you're you the winner of this fight. You're the king. You're the queen. You're the ruler. I, I just love submissions. But Yeah, I'm absolutely. And submissions are beautiful. They're technical. They're like art. You know, they are very beautiful. And I agree. This is why our sport is so fucking amazing. Right. Because you could get knocked out. You could get submitted. I mean, there's just so many different ways, right, to win. But those, either submission or knockout, like, they're just so beautiful, right? It's a piece of art. It's a masterpiece. We're watching an artist paint their masterpiece. And I was taught this, actually, by one of the last coaches I worked with. And he's like, you're an artist. You're a martial artist. Paint your picture. Paint your, you know, your art. Do your project. But you cannot admire your work until it's on the canvas. What do you fight on? I'm like, a canvas? So you oh, can't admire wow. your work until they're on the canvas. And I was like, I love that because we That's do do awesome. that as fighters. You hit someone with a big shot and you like stare at them and you like right. the, another coach calls you checking you for your, you're waiting for your receipt. Right. And, uh, you know, those are times when people get caught and are vulnerable. So I think that, you know, there's, there's beauty in both and that's what makes our sport amazing. I, I love that. Put, put, you know, put the work on the canvas, admire your work on the mm -hmm. canvas. Yeah. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. All right, let's get to it. Let's uh, look at, uh, uh, who is up for knockout of the year here for 2021 uh, on UFC Fight Pass? All right, we've got uh, things that aren't working. I'm just going to press the damn button. There we go. Left was flashed down, back up, and takes that left. This is uh, Steve Walker against Brian Collette. And uh, this is oh from God. Island, or from, from Lion Fight. And that's like straight up capoeira. Man. How good was that? Like, how, how do you even go for that? You got to be extremely confident. I mean, setting it up with, with multiple kicks like that probably doesn't hurt. Well, I think that, you know, this this man obviously, like, strikes very hard. You can tell he kicks. His kicks are really, really powerful. But the other guy was just taking him. He just ate, like, four head kicks, you know, and, and big shots and wasn't really falling. So the more momentum that you can create, the faster the speed, the faster the, you know, the more momentum you create, the harder the strike will be, the more powerful and more impact it will make. So it was actually a genius move on Walker to realize that his, even though his strikes are powerful, they're accurate, they were not really working. I need to add and I need to increase the power in my strikes. Right. And he added a spin in there, which is crazy. Not many people, I can't do it, but he added a spin in there and that was amazing. I think there's also yeah. something to be said too about the old adage, like it's the one that you don't necessarily see 
that that hurts you the most. And while I, I believe Colette, you know, was was still looking at at Walker, but the timing wasn't what he thought it was when he threw that spin and kept going through it. Uh, you know, I, I'm sure that Colette's body sort of tensed up a little bit and maybe even closed his eyes thinking, OK, here comes that next strike. Wait, where is it? Oh, there it is. You know what I mean? So uh, it's nice. Fancy. It's like straight out of a movie. Fancy. Yeah. Um, all right. So knockout of the year. Go go check it. That's one thing too that I Congratulations. think. Congratulations. Uh, a lot of people don't really appreciate Muay Thai. And if you're a fan of kickboxing and, and maybe haven't watched uh, a ton of Muay Thai, uh, go over and watch Lion Fight on UFC Fight Pass because Muay Thai is, is beautiful. It's, it's Muay Thai is incredible. Best. It's, you know, boxing. I'm trying to get, am I centered? Yeah, I'm you're seeing, good. I'm a little, you're good. Okay, I'm fine. Um, so I, uh, you know, I love boxing, right? And boxing is so, you're so um, elusive and you're moving and, and the object is to not get hit. You know, it's, it's, it's some of my, one of my coaches was like, it's like Christmas, you give gifts, but you don't get any in return. And I was like, okay, I don't know what that means, but okay. So, you, you know, you're always trying to hit and not get hit in boxing. So there's so much movement and footwork that plays such a big part in the sport itself. But when you go to something like Muay Thai, Muay Thai is very traditional. It, it, you stand right in front of each other and you bang, you know, and you just go back and forth. There's not a lot of in and out movement or, or even angles. And it's usually you're typically you got your two fighters right in front of you and you guys are going head to head, strike for strike. Right. It's incredible to watch. It's incredible. On top of the elbows that get introduced into this. It's so much fun. So yes, if you have not checked out any Muay Thai, it's 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 super fun. It's uh, one of the most visceral sports that you can see as well. I've been to uh, several uh, uh, Muay Thai events from like low level smokers to a couple of line fights as well. And uh, the the impact that you hear from those knees and and kicks to the the body, it is it is honestly grotesque at times in, in the most beautiful of ways. But it's honestly, it makes you reevaluate what these athletes are doing to one another because it, it just makes you feel a certain, a certain way. Yes, it's, it really is a very beautiful sport. And what I love a lot about Muay Thai is they keep a lot of the traditional, uh, the dance, the why. You, you know, you, typically your fighter comes in and does a why. So it's, it is. It's a very traditional, very, very um, old school yet devastating gnarly sport yeah no 100% so go watch Muay Thai uh with Lion Fight over on uh UFC Fight Pass all right yeah we're, we're cruising through our uh 2021 year-end awards here on UFC Fight Pass and uh one that uh we are now going to get to is is obviously one that uh I think is near and dear to your heart it's female fighter of the year uh, obviously you're you're tuned in and always an advocate for uh uh, the ladies in, in combat sports, you being a, a great representative uh, of women in, in combat sports. And now it's time to uh, pick a, a, a women's fighter uh, of the year. And like, I just love the fact that like, this is a debate because there are so many talented women. We're not <laughs> even talking about the athletes in the UFC. We're just talking about uh, athletes uh, essentially that, you know, did big things uh, on fight pass and uh, I, I honestly didn't think that we would be where we're at today five, ten years ago. Even though women were fighting five or ten years ago, I didn't think we would have – I mean, they're, they're talking about adding possibly an atomweight class 
to the UFC. Like 105 pound women in the UFC, it would be hard. I think it would be hard to stock that division and, and keep it going. And, and, you know, it would take a lot of uh, imports from around the world to come into the UFC. But the fact that a uh, 105 pound division is being entertained by the powers that be with the UFC, like the, that tells you not only, you know, how strong women's mixed martial arts is, but how how the talent can, you know, really deliver uh, on that big stage. And, you know, the the fact that we have, you know, really long tenured champions. Uh, I mean, your Juliana Pena just uh, upset the apple cart at 135 pounds. Like, th there are so many storylines in women's MMA that, again, I, I didn't think we would have as many as we do today. Yeah, I mean, the sport is is growing. I mean, I actually woke up, it's interesting you talk about this, because I woke up this morning kind of thinking about that. And like, you know, where the where we were in our sport, 10 years ago, you know, we, there were no women in the UFC. And, and, and since then, since this, the women have been introduced into the UFC, like, we, from day one, from the very start, we it, it's been very equal, right? I don't even know if there's the right word, but equal to the men, right. uh, in times, you know, like, before the women's were this big, like women only fought three minutes. We're allowed to fight three minute rounds. Right. We didn't even have five minute rounds. No. Um, and the pay, like if you look at other sports compared to mixed martial arts, the women's pay is usually, you know, much less. And we get paid where it, it, it's equal right. to the men. And if it's based on, you know, your star power and this thing, it, it's not like you're a woman, you get less. So I really do like, a pre I'm so grateful that the sport has done that and they've, they've, they've really been equal with us as women. They've given us equal opportunities, they've equal pay, all of these things. And so I think that for us women, it's like a huge uh, inspiration. It's a huge, I don't even know the word, like, okay, I can do this. What I'm right. doing is right, you know, a reassurance. Right. Um, and especially in this sport it's it's a male dominated sport when i competed as a kid in jujitsu tournaments there would be two women and yes. because i was bigger than my size i was a little bit uh, taller and bigger for my age i had to only compete against women so it was either you know you were smaller you competed against the boys or you went into the women's division and so i'm talking i was at like a naga naga worlds when i was who knows 12 are you taking and on like fully grown women yeah, absolutely. Wow. I was 12 and, you know, it was like, you know, real women, but it was two. There was two women at Naga Worlds. Naga Worlds was like the biggest jujitsu right. competition. Yeah. It was during the um, Arnold World yeah, yeah. in Columbus, Ohio. Columbus, yeah. So it was like this huge event. Two women. You go to a jujitsu tournament, like a random local one down the street right. here. There's five, 10, 50, yeah. sometimes 15 women in this tournament. So to see how much the sport has grown for us as women athletes is amazing. And um, since day one, since the UFC have brought the women into the sport, they have really treated women with the same amount of respect and, and given them the same amount of opportunities as the men. Women headline the, the cards now. Yep. Women, you know, so it's just so cool. It's so cool. Boxing isn't even there yet. Right. Like boxing. So it's, I think that yes, it what you say is it is it's it's really nice and really reassuring that I'm in the right sport and that this is where 
women are meant to be. Yeah. So yeah, moving on. Sorry, and, I didn't uh, give you that speech. Real quick, I, I just want to echo one thing that you're saying too, because when you look at say like the WNBA or you know softball compared to baseball, like there are a lot of sports where women participate in the game is is presented in a different way like you said where it's not on the same you know level playing field but one thing that i think is 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 really true when it comes to to women's mma compared to to other sports is yes there are physical limitations between men and women like women have a higher pain threshold than men like that's that's scientifically proven you know men have uh better upper body strength um you know that that's just something that is fact like i'm not making a statement when i say that but like there are differences between men and women but when you look at a women's mixed martial arts fight and a men's mixed martial arts fight pearl a good fight is a good fight i don't see the difference you know what i mean i don't look at uh, a women's fight and be like oh it's pretty good for a, a women's fight no it's it's damn good for a fight like it's hard for me to uh you know really get into to basketball i'm not a, a big basketball fan so it's it's hard for me to like understand the wnba side of things when right. it comes to basketball but i'm a fight fan i understand fighting and i, I don't see any sort of entertainment shift uh one way or the other when it comes to men and women fighting it's 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 a it's a very great one-to-one sport it's it's you're really in my opinion comparing apples to apples and not apples to oranges i a hundred percent a hundred percent dj on everything you just said like a good fight is a good fight skill wise i think that women we are a little further behind on the, the curve of technical skills and where we are compared to the men right but i do believe that women are evolving a little bit faster um, because we have a lot of catching up to do. But if you look like women are so technical these days. And uh, I also wanted to touch on like the 105. I think the 105 pound division would be huge. It would be huge. It's so it, we need a 105 pound division, especially in the UFC or yeah. these high level, because a lot of your 115ers are not natural 115ers. Yeah. They're moving up to this 15. Um, and there are a lot of smaller girls, you know, like that are 105. I'm could Potentially, that's like the men's flyweight division, you know, sure. probably smaller. I mean, I think there's a 95 pound, but that's like those are our, like our our flyweights to the men. Those are the those girls are so fast and they don't stop moving. Yeah. And it, it is completely different than your 15ers, the, the skills and, and the, the type of fight. I've seen plenty of atom weight fights and a knockout like. The yeah, absolutely. There, it's very technical. Yes, I'm just saying it's just yep. the 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 bodies and the the anatomy of the bodies. They move different. They're faster. It's just like that's our that's our that's our flyweight. Our right. men's flyweight. That's 105 for women, and it's it's needed. It's yeah. necessary. It's very very necessary for our sport. Uh, Jorge Masvidal would say it's super necessary. Super necessary. Exactly. <laughs> One thing I will say about Adam White fights, I don't necessarily like calling them all the time, Pearl, because they move so damn fast. That by the time I'm like, ah, shoots in for a takedown, but the person sprawled and all of a sudden the fight's over because I'm still talking about the takedown and they locked on an armbar. It's over, you know. Exactly. Lightning fast. That's our, that's our, like, that, that's our flyweight division. I mean, and you need those divisions because it, you do, they present different skill sets. They present different body frames and, and different timing and movements. And, and you need that for all of the other weight classes to kind of adapt and see and, and build off of. You know, so I would, I would, it'd be so exciting if they brought in a 105 pound division. All right. So let's talk about uh, the UFC fight pass 
Female Fighter of the Year for 2021. Let's take a look at the uh, nominees here. Uh, Danielle Kelly, Sydney Trujillo, Amanda Lowen, and Vanessa Demopoulos. Any uh, any lean one way or the other here, Pearl, on, on who you think might take this? Yeah, I think Kelly. Danielle Kelly, that's what you're saying? Mm-hmm. Let's take a look. The uh, winner for Female Fighter of the Year 2021 from UFC Fight Pass is Danielle Kelly, which is amazing because she's a Brazilian jiu-jitsu grappling phenom. Hasn't even technically fought, some people say. Um, but she's a superstar. And the last thing that I think anybody wants uh, to do is uh, piss off Danielle Kelly and insinuate that she can't fight because she'll, you know, tear your neck off and shove your elbow. She's so deserving of this award. I mean, she's worked very, very hard on the in the jiu-jitsu scene, partic- uh, um, you know, particularly. Now she's looking for that award. Oh, award. Oh, the goodness. Goodness. She's going to oh, the goodness, Danielle Kelly. She's extremely technical. Um, she's constantly hunting for submissions. She's aggressive. Um, and to me, the biggest piece, one of the biggest pieces that's most interesting about her is that she is, um, she rises to the occasion and she does so well under pressure. She does so well on these big stages against big athlete, big named athletes. Like we're watching here, she's again going against Calvillo. She's gone against several MMA fighters that are typically bigger um, than her. She's you know walks around at like 115 pounds, and a lot of these girls she's competed at against in MMA a fight at 25, even 35. I mean, she's always game to compete, and when the pressure is on her, she does so well. And on top of all of that, her skills, her aggression. Her ability to perform, she is beautiful. She is such a beautiful athlete. If you look at her, if you look at her social media, she's she's just a beautiful person. The way she speaks, the way she presents herself, yep. um, and that's why I think that it, she's so deserving of this. She's absolutely deserving. She's always game to compete. It doesn't matter who it is, um, and she always looks great. She comes out and she brings a, a big fight. Yeah, I mean, she's got star power for days, and she's incredibly active, which really helps, too, because that's the thing for the longest time that I I didn't like about Brazilian jiu-jitsu is the top players would really only come out, it seemed, like for ADCC. So they would compete on on a big stage where you could see them once or twice a year. And, And now, like, you can literally see Danielle Kelly compete almost every weekend, you know, and uh we just saw her on, on Fury Pro Grappling against uh, Carlos Sparza. Um, you know, Danielle has talked a little bit about possibly making the move over to, to mixed martial arts. I think it would be fantastic. But here, here's the thing. She doesn't have to. And, and that's what's beautiful about this whole thing with Danielle Kelly is she is so good at Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and has captivated the world to a certain extent where if she doesn't want to, you know, fight, she doesn't have to. She can just be a superstar on, on the grappling mat. Yeah, absolutely. She really can. I think that she is setting the tone and, and, and also creating a platform for some of these women that only compete in Jiu-Jitsu, the professional Jiu-Jitsu players. Um, she really is kind of creating a blueprint on how to be successful and have a career, an active career, competitive career in just jujitsu. And I think that uh, especially through the pandemic, you know, all of those sports were kind of put to an halt. And this year in 2021, we started to see the jujitsu competitions come back and they started to pick up. 
and and like you know the, the end of the year the UFC um, fight pass invitational Fury uh, pro grappling there's combat jujitsu never before have we had this many opportunities or platforms to to just focus on jujitsu as athletes and so one it gives opportunities to amazing athletes like Danielle Kelly and and the rest of the jujitsu world but it also gives the MMA athletes the opportunity to put aside the striking to put aside all the other skills needed to to have in an MMA fight and focus just on the grappling and I think that that allows for some of these specialists in the sport to kind of come out and showcase some of their skills which we see in in, in some of these pro grappling matches so it, it is it's a it's an amazing time to be in combat sports it's an amazing time to be in jiu-jitsu and an even better time after when you have someone like this, a pioneer like Danielle Kelly, who's really just tearing the MMA scene up with her jujitsu skills um, and, uh, you know, kind of laying the blueprint for the future females to come in and, and do the same. Yeah, no, 100 percent. And uh, it's going to be a, a, an evolution in a story to uh, watch for a, a long time to come, because, again, like Danielle Kelly, I don't think she's old enough to even rent a car. She's not 25 years old. You know what I mean? So did you know you have to be 25 to rent a car? Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. I found out when I was 21 that I couldn't rent a car. And it kind of yeah. messed up my uh, vacation plans. I'll, I'll be honest. I'm still kind of <laughs> salty about it. But uh, all right, time to uh, look at male fighter of the year. And uh, let's jump into it and take a look at uh, the nominees here um, for male fighter of the year in 2021. Uh, press this button. Um, look at this. We've already seen Paul Hughes uh, in that fight of the year with Morgan Sherrier. Uh, Solomon Renfro, he's up for another uh, award before the night is over. But he, again, on this grappling tip, Mason Fowler. We, saw, we, we talked to him, Pearl, on uh, extra rounds last year. He was the uh, absolute champion for uh, Submission Underground, and uh, he's got some mixed martial arts experience, but again, we're talking about a, an athlete that is up for Fighter of the Year, and he's a jiu-jitsu player. Yeah, I mean, he's been very active as well, and he's made a splash in the jiu-jitsu world. Uh, he's come in as a brown belt. I think he submitted Craig Jones, who is like one of the best grapplers on the planet um, as a brown belt he did that and then came back with his black belt and had to compete against again again against Craig and won again um, he is an incredibly talented jiu-jitsu player and he's um, very competitive and he's competing against the best dudes in the world so he is absolutely, I don't know who we don't know I don't know who won but if he is the one like he is definitely deserving of a title like that, especially when you're taking on names like Craig Jones, etc. I'm gonna press the button. Might as well press the button. Um, Danielle Kelly. We've already looked at Danielle Kelly. Damn it! See, you know what happened, Pearl? Um, my uh, my computer decided to uh, go into like some random ass uh, like Windows update right before we went on the air and changed all mm -hmm. my key bindings. So I don't know what is happening, but Mason Fowler, he, he is your male fighter. Of the oh, year. That's so exciting. Congratulations. He's so deserving of it. I mean, he was competing nonstop, him too, competing nonstop on the jujitsu scene. His skills, again, he is very talented, watches back, takes the transitions to the back are so awesome to watch. He's so, he's so slick on the ground. 
and he's very strong and technical. Um, and he too does not fold under pressure. And so it, it's been amazing to kind of watch again, to me, one of his most impressive matches was Craig Jones. Craig Jones is arguably one of the best grapplers on the planet. Like he is by far at the top of that. And he submitted him twice. I could not believe it. It was so impressive to me. So congratulations, Mason. Yeah, no, Mason did kind of like that Anderson Silva and Chris Weidman thing where they got the win the first time and then people were like, well, I don't really know. You got to go do it again. And uh, sure enough, he did it again. Yeah, the same way. Yeah, no, it's, it's How do you even. beat one of the best grapplers in the world with the same submission twice? That, that, that's unusual. I mean, that's that what's, shows the skills. That's what's amazing about jujitsu, especially when you know you talk about the method of victory. It's like the, there's one thing you need to avoid, and maybe that's the one thing that that guy's going to do, and you're just stuck trying to fight it. And sure enough, you end up like losing to that one move. Like I, I, I have a buddy that's a black belt in jujitsu, and his favorite thing to do is uh, tell people what he's going to, you know, submit them with before they start to roll. And it's just like, damn. That's, that's, so my child, my childhood instructor would be like, you're not good at a move until you can tell your opponent what you're going to do to them. And then you do it. That's how you know you got the move down. So. All right. I mean, <laughs> I, I don't think we need to go that far, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it definitely is kind of uh, insulting to look at someone and be like, you know what? You're about 90 seconds away from me putting you in a Kimura. And sure enough, put you in a Kimura. Or looking at someone being like, I'm going to beat your ass, and tomorrow I'm putting you in a fucking choke, and you put them in a choke. Right. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. <laughs> um, Sean Strickland basically looked at Andy Varela and said, you're going to choke me. Mm -hmm. And then, well, that, that's, that's not the same thing, though. It's a little bit different. <laughs> a little bit different. All right. I'm trying to uh, stall for time here to, to make sure that everything is working, and my computer just doesn't, doesn't want to respond care. anymore. It just doesn't, it doesn't care. care. You're right. It doesn't care. Um, doesn't care, TJ. Keep moving. I'm trying. What if I press this button? <laughs> what if I press that button? I don't know. Um, I might have to uh, take a break here and just uh, move on. Um, I'm trying to get this thing to work, and it just it just won't do it. I don't I don't understand it. Um, do we get through all the awards, or are there more awards? Uh, there there are a couple, and there there's one that I want you to 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 hear. Because you're going to end up winning the award. Mm. That's oh, cool. Don't sound too excited. Mm. Okay. Mm. Um, it's for interview of the year, right? And oh, there, nice. there are two interviews uh, in the uh, category that you did. So instead of rewarding the actual interview of the year, I'm going to say that we're going to change the category to interviewer of the year. <laughs> And that's that's Okay. Say, say, thanks, say, guys. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, speech, <laughs> speech, Pearl. <laughs> speech. I'd like to thank my damn self for this award. That's that's a thank good you, person Pearl. to thank. Good job. Good job. Thank you. That's like your Conor McGregor. I want to take this time to apologize mm -hmm. to absolutely nobody. Mm -hmm. I'm going to thank myself for this award. Thank you. All right. Well, my computer's broken. And uh, I got some interviews to do, so I'm going to let you go, Pearl. All right. Have Enjoy. Have some great interviews, TJ. I mean, I just hope that I'm not stuck here talking to myself after I get rid of you because I don't know if anything's going to happen when I press these buttons. Congratulations to all of the awards 
uh, winners out there with the UFC Fight Pass. We have had an incredible year. It's been an amazing year of combat sports, fights, jiu-jitsu matches, Muay Thai striking. Like It has been so much fun calling these, watching these. Um, watching these stars kind of develop and and blossom into who they are. Um, I'm so looking forward to what next year holds, what the sport looks like, what these athletes look like. I, I told you I believe that this sport is evolving faster than it ever has, and I'm really excited to see what next year shows. Um, so thank you all, too, who have tuned in and watched us on Extra Rounds this last year. Uh, the show has been amazing. Thanks, CJ. You're amazing, And to uh, all the guys, uh, to Steve and to coin and um frankie thank you guys love you guys bye bye pro there she is pro gonzalez here on extra rounds uh, i'm tj DeSantis. uh just desperately wanting my computer to uh react and it's not it just won't do it and uh i don't want to end the show here but i'm literally looking at a dashboard with no buttons i don't know where the buttons went um we're going to figure this out because I've got interviews to do, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to be joined by Chase Hooper here uh, coming up in a uh, brief moment. Um, also going to be joined by Jonathan Piersma. Uh, he got submission of the year, spoiler alert, uh, submission of the year for one Jonathan Piersma. Um, he won with an Oma Plata. And uh, what else we got going on here? I really just need this thing to, like, do anything, just anything. What a, oh man, I, I, don't, I really don't know what's happening here. Uh, the button is just not there. I press other buttons and, and they don't show up. And uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's not a good moment right now here uh, over on Extra Rounds uh, from UFC Fight Pass. But uh, we're going to get through it. I, I want to uh, remind you, we talked about a couple of uh, grappling events that closed down. Uh, 2021 that uh, definitely are worth your time uh, to take a look at over on UFC Fight Pass. We uh, had that Fury Pro grappling event where Daniel Kelly took on uh, Carla Esparza. Uh, that is archived for you right now over on UFC Fight Pass. We also had the uh, first ever inaugural UFC Fight Pass Invitational. It was team-based. Uh, team LFA uh, ended up taking home a, a bunch of money uh, as they won uh, in this team duel. Um, they took on uh, Team CFFC, uh, Fury FC, um, and uh, what was the other team? James Krause's team. Uh, it's just f phenomenal. I, I love team uh, grappling events and uh, the, the, the Fight Pass Invitational. It, it's, it's something that I hope uh, continues uh, to move forward because, again, this is a combat sport where it's always, you know, one uh, versus one. But at the end of the day, these teams are the, uh, you know, units that are responsible for these athletes to uh, go out there and, and prepare and then ultimately go out and perform. And uh, we don't really celebrate the sort of ups and downs and ebbs and flows uh, that take place with, with a team. And uh, it's, it's neat to see the teammates out there uh, supporting one another and, uh, you know, just just riding that wave uh, with each other, competing on the mat. And like I said, uh, $25,000 were uh, on the line uh, at the Fight Pass Invitational. And uh, 
Yeah, just absolutely phenomenal stuff. Go check that out. Um, also, in, in the grappling space, we had uh, Combat Jiu-Jitsu Worlds, uh, which took place in Cancun, Mexico. Uh, Donald Cowboy Cerrone was on that card, taking on uh, the aforementioned Craig Jones. Um, that was uh, a lot of fun. Um, really interesting to see the, the styles clash a little bit when you look at, um, you know, Donald Cerrone, this, this MMA uh, great taking on uh, Craig Jones, who, you know, yes, he lost a couple times to, to Mason Fowler, but I mean, Craig, Craig might be the best grappler in the world. He, he can definitely beat anybody on uh, any given night. And uh, I, I feel like uh, when you look at, at Craig, um, just the step on the mat with someone like Donald when, you know, he really doesn't have to, you know, honestly, like he, he doesn't need to prove anything. He can go out there and just, you know, stick with his sub only format and, uh, you know, continue to make money and not put himself at, at risk against someone like, like Donald Cerrone. And, uh, that, that's not what, uh, Craig Jones wants to do. He wants to go out there and, and put on exciting fights. And that's what he did uh, against Donald Cerrone, uh, out there in, uh, in, in Cancun. And, uh, yeah, it was just absolutely phenomenal. Um, and I strongly encourage you, uh, to check out, uh, combat jujitsu again, available uh, right now on UFC fight pass, uh, sign up today, UFC fight pass.com step into our world. Uh, it's got the, uh, largest, uh, MMA library uh, in the world. You can also, uh, like I said, get uh, other things like Lion Fight, uh, Muay Thai at its finest. Uh, that's available for you uh, anytime over on uh, UFCFightPass.com. And uh, also a whole bunch of episodes of the show called Extra Rounds, which normally flows a lot better. See, I don't even know what's happening right now. Like Pearl's gone. I'm still here. I really just want these interviews to load. Uh, we're going to figure it out. Um, if you want to shoot me a text, you can do that right now. Maybe you know how uh, XSplit Broadcaster works. I'd appreciate it if uh, you wouldn't mind telling me. Uh, the phone number, 917-UFC-TALK. That is 917-832-8255. Uh, you can also uh, send me a text to that uh, number as well. Again, 917 832 8255. You know what the problem is now? Like, everything has gone so haywire. Oh, what's up? This stream has not ended. I promise you. It's not over. Unless someone's trying to take us off the air. I, I think we just got it back. Ladies and gentlemen, did we get it back? Is it possible that we got it back? Hang on. You never know what's going to happen when it comes to uh, live broadcasting, which is why I love doing this job. Um... You know, you wake up in the morning, you don't exactly know uh, what's going to be thrown your way, and uh, you, you roll with the punches, you, you ride the wave, and, uh, you know, you find yourself in a situation where things are not available. See? Device not available. All right. I, I do think that I fixed this at the point where we can get to some interviews, so hopefully this will work. Uh, we've got uh, an exciting interview uh, with a whole bunch of people, the uh, Fight Pass Czar, is coming up, going to tell you all about uh, why uh, some of these award winners got their awards and, and what the determining factors were uh, for them and, uh, you know, the whole process. You're going to learn how the sausage is made a little bit when it comes to, uh, you know, handing out these awards and, and things like that. Uh, we're going to be joined by Chase Hooper, Jonathan Piersma, uh, and LFA CEO, 
the one and only uh, Ed Soros as well. So I'm going to press this button. Uh, here's the, the Fight Pass Czar. It's extra rounds on UFC Fight Pass. Please be joined now by the czar of UFC Fight Pass. He is a man that is responsible for our year-end awards. And uh, you put them all together. Uh, you ended uh, 2021 on a high note. Uh, you know, what was the process like? And are you the only one that, you know, hands out these awards? Or is there like a panel that debates on these? Uh, are you just asking if I was the one that handed them out? Yeah, I mean, is it solely up to you? Yeah. Okay. Do you want to elaborate on the process at all? Or? Still there, what? I, I mean, generally, there's more back and forth on these interviews. I know you haven't done a, a lot of these, and I'm sort of I don't like, like doing that because I'm like, if I get on here and start like giving my take, and then you give yours, we're not changing our minds. No, no. I, okay, we'll just move on. Let's talk about some of the uh, awards that were uh, turned in this year. Let's start with uh, Graduate of the Year, because I think you made the biggest splash coming over to the UFC. Uh, Patty Pimblett, the baddie, uh, you know, someone that was developed on Cage Warriors and then just really shined in, in the Ultimate Fighting Championship. Got to believe that this was a no-brainer. Yep. Then you and I saw the same fight. All right. Perfect. Uh, let's talk about submission of the year. Jonathan Piersma wins with an omoplata. Uh, you don't see too many omoplatas in mixed martial arts. I think there's only been two inside the Ultimate Fighting Championship. So uh, to get one done on Fight Pass, uh, kind of a shoe in to get that uh, submission of the year trophy. Props to you for like, oh, look, I know trivia. There's only been two in the UFC. Yep. Uh, yeah, he did win with it. I don't know how many there were on Cage Fury, but... If I did, and I was like you, I would probably tell you that right now also. I mean, are you upset that I threw that factoid in there? Well, like, it's just annoying. Like, you host a podcast on Fight Pass. We know you know MMA. You don't have right. to. Well, an award-winning podcast, by the way. We won podcast of the year. The greatest guess. default win you'll ever have. Well, thank you. Mm -hmm. Journalist of the year, Chase Hooper. Again. Yeah, again. So, I mean, what was the uh, thought process there? Kids is a winner. All right. Um, I think that's it. Thanks for coming on the air. The Czar of Fight Pass. I thought he was going to ask another one. Okay, yeah. Good to go with me. Great. We'll have you back next year, and we'll talk more mixed martial arts. All right. See ya. Bye. We're back here on Extra Rounds from UFC Fight Pass. I'm TJ DeSantis putting a bow on the year that was 2021. And we hand out our UFC Fight Pass awards. And, you know, I, I was joking with the Fight Pass czar uh, earlier today that uh, the Journalist of the Year award is pretty soon just going to be called the Chase Hooper Award. Because for the second straight year, Chase Hooper finds himself winning a uh, UFC Fight Pass award for being the Journalist of the Year. And... You know, let me just be the first to say congratulations, Chase. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I never thought we would see the day where you were a back-to-back -back Journalist of the Year award winner. Yeah, it's uh, it's kind of funny to think that this, uh, like, this type of award I could probably put on a resume and uh, could probably get me a job at this point. You know, I never thought about that. I mean, that that's <laughs> definitely a bigger award than anything I've won in my, you know, near 40 years of, uh, of life on this planet. So, you know, why not? Put, put it down. Yeah, that's on the resume for sure. We'll see.
I mean, not to mention, you get this award, and it's not like you're just a full-time journalist. I mean, you're you're a mixed martial artist. You got married. Your fictitious dad got knocked out in a very public outing. Like, you had to go through some, you know, pretty uh, serious adversity this year to win this award. Yeah, definitely a lot of ups and downs. Uh, you know, I, I'm glad I got to get back out there in the in the journalism game for, uh, what, GFC 264, I believe. Right, yeah. Connor Poirier. That was a good time. Yeah. Great time. I mean, I, I feel bad that, you know, you had to give out my, my autographed T-shirt that no one had any idea what it was. But you, do you still have any Chase Hooper signed stuff? Like, uh, I think someone the other day on Twitter hit me up going, I, I want a Chase Hooper shirt. Yeah, no, uh... I don't know. I, I have a Sharpie lying around now, so I can uh, can make it on the spot. But I don't think I have anything from the Fight Pass stuff. I think we gave that all out. Yeah, I mean, they're going to have to get in line because that Chase Hooper, you know, memorabilia is going to keep going up in price now with this Journalist of the Year award. For sure. It's uh, exponentially growing. With the, with the more uh, Journalist of the Year awards I get, it's, uh, it's going up and up and up. In all seriousness, though, Chase, when you uh, you know came through the Contender Series and, and were signed to the developmental contract, uh, Fight Pass was the home to sort of see you uh, get your feet wet before getting into the octagon. And I, I had the luxury of calling one of your fights down in, in Florida on Island Fights. And you know I was just blown away with your jiu-jitsu game and you, your ability. Like, I, I think that night in Florida, I scored a round for you 10-8 where you were on your back for, for most yeah, yeah. of the, the round. And, you know, that tells me that the ability to do that is, is top shelf jujitsu, but also the fan's ability to actually look at that and appreciate that says a lot about the sport uh, in its evolution and, and what fans are uh, sort of looking for now. Because, you know, five years ago, I don't think people would really uh, score any round for a, a fighter that was off their back, let alone a dominant one like that in 10-8. Um, do, you, do you like being this uh, sort of oddity when it comes to your style of jiu-jitsu for MMA because uh, again you're you're incredibly unique when you look at your peers and and how they grapple compared to you yeah I mean uh it's different is you know not always better but I feel like it is in this case you know it's uh I still try to have an interesting grappling style even though you know it, it like grappling heavy fights can like really bore people really quick but I think we've kind of moved past the like stand them up era right for most of the fans which is nice and then uh yeah no i'm pretty content with my style and you know I, i'm happy that people uh you know enjoy watching it um i'm always out there trying to put on a show and uh you know get the win obviously but yeah no I, i'm happy with it and i'm happy with the the current era where mma is at and the fans are kind of more educated than i feel like they were in like the tap out era yeah where they were again just like stand them up i want to see them Right. Throw haymakers, and that's it. I mean, I, I love the fact that you not only say that we're past the, the stand-em-up era, but, you know, I, I get to call combat <laughs> jiu-jitsu, and there's literally the get-down rule, where we do it in reverse. <laughs> you know, it's like, you're not fighting on the floor, get to the floor, and th that's pretty special. Also, too, just the sport of grappling as a whole, being a, a standalone uh, stage for, for athletes like yourself to go out there and compete and actually make some money. Like, you got to be pretty stoked at the idea that, you know, during your MMA career, probably many years after uh, you're done fighting, like you're going to be able to go out there and, and probably do BJJ at the pro level for for a lot of years. Yeah, for sure. It's uh, it's definitely nice. And then the uh, it's nice to be able to kind of do it as a sort of side income, you know, just to stay relevant and all that. 
Right. Especially like the Fury show uh, that I was just on a couple weeks ago here. I guess last week. I don't know. It's been a time warp here, but uh, yeah, no, it, it's been great. And uh, you know, because the grappling is the part that I love doing anyways. So it's right. nice to do that and not have to worry about getting punched in the face or uh, you know, elbow that type of thing. Um, that's it's a hundred percent something that I'd love to keep doing. You know, especially on Fight Pass and uh, keeping it on, uh, keeping it with the boys. You know. Yeah, I mean, definitely the home for Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu that matters. I think it is uh, UFC Fight Pass, and Chase Hooper definitely going to be in the mix. Uh, whether he's covering the sport or uh, you know choking people unconscious and, and twisting limbs, uh, step into our world because that's where you're going to find Chase Hooper. And Chase will let you get out of here, but uh, appreciate the time and uh, you know stop winning all these awards because I guess technically at the end of the day I'm a journalist and I don't have any of these awards. Oh, I'm, I'll uh, I'll put your name in next year. I'll vote. For yeah, put in a good word for me. I appreciate that. <laughs> I'll talk to. Uh, I, I think there's one guy that just does the awards, and I think he's the other one of the other journalists at Fight Pass. So I'll I'll let him know. Yeah, I think I'll let we, him know. TJ wants that and some diet uh, code red. Oh, thank you, thank you for for remembering that. By the way, the Fight Pass czar is what we call him, and uh, he's kind of a pain in the ass. So any <laughs> any encouragement that you could help me out with him, I'd appreciate. It will do. <laughs> We're back here on Extra Rounds. Pleased to be joined now by the Warhawk. It is Jonathan Piersma. You are the recipient of UFC Fight Pass's award for the 2021 submission of the year. You pulled off an Oma Plata, and uh, I think there's only been like one or two Oma Platas in the UFC's history. So to you know lock up a submission with this rare uh, you know sort of method, I mean you're going to turn heads and you're going to win some awards. And uh, you know I'm curious, how often do you actually finish the Oma Plata, uh, Jonathan, in, in the room? Is it, is it something Something that you really try to finish or is it more just uh you know a, a bridge to a scramble uh well honestly usually i just use that as a transition to a sweep uh to come on top um i mean I, i'm lower level guys i'll hit it i'll finish practice finishing it um but it's never been one of my submissions that's really you know that i i hit i finished at a high percentage like i said it's more of a uh position i use the transition to a sweep to uh, get on top create a scramble um and uh, that's kind of what the plan was originally in the fight when I got into that position. Um, but uh, it just ended up working out for me, and I got the submission. So, yeah, it was pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, the the entire process of setting it up and executing it was was really pretty. And, and if, you know, people are a fan of Brazilian jiu-jitsu, it's, <laughs> it's because of technique like that. But what was sort of the um, de deciding factor for me and why they should have won submission of the year was the way that his arm sort of, you know, just slinks back down. Like it looks like yeah. a broken action figure. Like what was it yeah. like when you were, uh, you know, putting torque on that shoulder? Did, did you feel like things were grinding and, and probably not working out internally? Uh, well, once I had the position secure and I, um, locked over the other shoulder, um, and I was, uh, uh, bringing the shoulder, the shoulder up. Um, yeah, I knew it was, it was getting pretty bad. It was pretty, he had it pretty far up his back and I knew, he was gonna have to tap, or it was gonna get pretty bad. I think he might have tapped just in time before like real damage happened, but right. I I knew it was um uh, it was about to get real bad for him, and um, but um I think I think he uh tapped in time. He didn't get anything too serious, but yeah, I, I knew it wasn't good as soon as I started cranking up on it. 
It's it's one of those things where I feel like it's obviously a, a dangerous submission, especially when someone like you who knows what they're doing uh, has it locked on. But there there are a lot of uh, athletes I think that don't want to tap to it because it is an unorthodox uh, submission, and they can try to you know bait you to maybe bail on the submission and and try to get that top position. It's almost like a key lock a little bit. Like we don't see key locks or Americanas anymore. But like I said, when when you uh, put it on the way that you did, like you're you're forced to tap out, or what's what's the old saying tap or snap right yeah, pretty much I, that, once you got to the end of it yeah it was either tap or snap at that point yeah um but yeah pretty much um yeah people you don't get that submission a lot people um don't like to tap i guess because just you, you don't see um you're not in that position a lot so you, usually people think they can and they think it's a submission that's hard to finish so they get out and roll but um he wasn't able to roll and he didn't kind of get ahead of it so as soon as he kind of got behind got behind the eight ball and I was able to uh, lock it up. He was, uh, he was in trouble and it kind of was, um, there was no escape at that point. You know, we've been able to watch you uh, on the submission grappling mat as well apply these, uh, you know, uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu holds, not just in the, the MMA space. And I was fortunate enough to uh, call your uh, uh, matches on the, the Fight Pass Invitational, and, and that was a huge event. Uh, you know, yeah. grappling is really making a statement here, uh, I think, in the modern era as, as a, you know, truly viable combat sport that is uh, consumable uh, on television. How was that experience like for yourself, Jonathan, uh, being in the UFC Apex? and competing on that stage um yeah that experience in itself was amazing um they called me up like two days before and they're like hey you want to go do this in vegas and i was like absolutely so flew out there um i mean obviously just the the um, competition itself um i mean unfortunately our team didn't win right. um, so that kind of sucked but um just the whole um experience itself being at the apex um gonna train at the pi a couple days out there um i mean competing against rafael lovato um I mean, it was just an awesome experience. It was an awesome week out there. Um, and, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I'm glad I was a part of it. And Lovato's a guy that, I mean, you know, if he gets the right draw and maybe some people are a little bit weak, <laughs> like he can win that entire match by himself. You know, the team base yeah, concept, yeah, he's, he's so good. And, and you went the distance with him. So, you know, that was a, a bit of a feather in your cap, even though it it didn't, uh, you know, catapult your team uh, to the finale. But, you know, I'm watching you on, on Fury Pro Grappling as well. You got to win over Phil Rowe. Like, do, do you see this being something you can carry on side by side with your MMA career? Or are you going to be forced to focus more and fighting at some point um yeah i mean I'm, I'm always training to get ready to fight because that's like um i guess that's my career the fight the fighting aspect like i want to you know get to the ufc and you know make that my full-time career but um i mean i'm grappling every single day um that's kind of how i started um and i love to grapple I, i'm doing um you know i train grappling pretty much every day of the week so um if i can get opportunity to compete a couple times a month if i'm not in the fight camp and ready to fight if i can you know jump in there compete here and there make some extra money um, you know, compete on a stage like that, get those opportunities. Yeah, I'd love to. Um, you know, same thing with Fury Grappling. They called me like um, on like Monday night. They're like, "Hey, you want to be down here and compete Thursday?" Right. I was like, "Yeah, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm down there." Uh, so yeah, if I keep getting these opportunities, I'd love it. I would, I would go every weekend and do this kind of stuff. I mean, the short notice is not always, uh, you know, preferred, but the fact that you're able to compete on these high levels in, in a sport that primarily uh, when you want to compete, you have to pay entry fees is, is pretty awesome. You're yeah. not paying entry fees. Uh, no, it's actually paid, getting paid with yeah, yeah. It's amazing. Um, have you ever thought about doing combat jiu-jitsu? Is that something that, that you would do maybe down the road? Uh, yeah, I've watched it, and uh, some of my teammates have been interested. We've talked about it, and uh, – if an opportunity ever came up, I would definitely do it. Um, 
looks kind of fun. It'd be kind of cool too to compete against some guys who maybe were just more jujitsu guys and get to smack them around. Right. Um, yeah. If they, you know, they like to grab my legs and stuff, uh, and slap them a little bit, keep them off my leg. Um, I mean, but yeah, that'd be fun if I ever got if I ever got the chance. I, I definitely would do it. Well, I hope to see it uh, soon. But uh, I mean, I hope to see it maybe in the UFC here, uh, yeah, you know, before too long with the you know the, the yeah, solid definitely. year and your your record that you're putting together. Uh, Jonathan, congrats on the UFC Fight Pass Award for submission of the year. And yeah, I didn't even see, know I got that. But. I mean, it, it's yours. I don't I don't <laughs> yeah. really know if there's a physical award. <laughs> I, you might only get this yeah. conversation with me, which is not uh, yeah. all that uh, you know of a treat. But uh, I mean, I guess right and. Uh, <laughs> You know, you're firmly on my radar and, and everyone yeah. here at Fight Pass, so we'll be watching and see what you can do here in uh, 2022. Definitely, I appreciate it. It was tough to see where the arm position was, but as I could see the hand inching up the back, I was a little bit worried. Yeah, we didn't call it right away because it was on the far side, but the ladies and gentlemen, that is an Plata, and you don't see a lot of those Finnish MMA fights. But man, once he got it, Jonathan Piersma cranked that thing. Jonathan Piersma. Trouble here. And we are back here on Extra Rounds as we are putting a bow on 2021. And we can't talk about a year that was in mixed martial arts without talking about the LFA. Please be joined now by the LFA CEO. It is Ed Soares. Ed, uh, I saw you a couple weeks ago in the UFC Apex as Team LFA. We had <laughs> uh, inaugural UFC Fight Pass Invitational. you got to be uh, living off that high a little bit here still uh, a couple weeks removed. Yeah, hey, man, I, I was I was excited. I, I was uh, honored to be uh, <clears throat> to be invited to be a part of it. Um, but you know, I'm competitive too, so I definitely put together uh, the best team we could. Um, and and I tried to I, I tried to really give a good representation of what the LFA is, which you know the LFA was started, but because the RFA and Legacy merged, and we formed the LFA. So I got one. LSA alum or one legacy alumni, one RSA alumni, and then I got two LSA alumni. So I really tried to represent, you know, in a whole, like on a deeper level, I wanted to really represent what the brand is. Yeah, you know, I, I think about the L in LFA, and it stands for legacy, and that's really kind of what you guys are building, not only for fighters and how they will, you know, build their legacies and, and hopefully move on to the UFC and, you know, uh, leave a championship legacy behind, but your show has quite a bit of legacy, whether it's the, you know, LFC or RFA, and, and now what you guys are doing. I mean, when I combine the two promotions, Ed, how many shows did RFA and LFC have, and how many now? It's like 120 or something when it comes to to. Yeah, I, I I think um um I believe um uh the, the legacy ended up doing somewhere around 56 to 58 shows or something like that, mm -hmm. and RFA we did all the way up to I believe it was 46. Okay. Uh, 46. So we did, uh, uh, so, you know, b between the both of us, you know, we've done, you know, over a hundred shows before we merged. Yeah. And then after we've merged, you know, uh, January 14th, you know, it's kind of a cool story too. You know, January 14th, we are uh, going to Dallas where, you know, five years ago, 2017, January 13th, uh, 2017, 
uh, we did our first LFA and it was in Dallas and we're doing the same venue five years later, just one day after, which will be uh, January 14th. So That's you know, I, I'm just, I'm just very happy to say that, you know, we did 120 shows in, uh, in, in, in five years. I don't think any promotion in the history of, of our sport has ever done 120 events in the first five years that they've uh, been in business. And, um, you know, I'm very proud of that and, and proud of what we've been able to build with Bypass. I mean, Bypass has been an incredible partner. Um, you know, the, the whole staff that we have, the LFA, I mean, I've always said it pound for pound, I feel we're the best in the business because, you know, without my partner Sven Bean and Mark <clears throat> Barry, who does all of our matchmaking and so much more, and Sven does so much more than production. I mean, these guys really are the, 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 the nuts and bolts that they, that we, we we hold the thing together and they're a big part of the success. And, uh, you know, l like I said, I feel that we've got a great team and I'm really looking forward into going into 2022, you know, doing 28 shows with, uh, on UFC bypass. Yeah. I, I couldn't be more excited about it. It's phenomenal. You mentioned the clip and the rate that you've been putting out shows like to, to, you know, consider the fact that you've been able to operate and get to this number during COVID times is is pretty impressive as well. It's, I, I think that uh, that stat doesn't even land as hard as it should when people think about, you know, the challenges that, that really go into putting on a show uh, in multiple shows like you guys are doing in this modern landscape. Yeah, I mean, you know, we, we, we really uh, work together with Sanford, uh, uh, Sanford Health really helped us with putting a safe protocol in place. And, and, you know, the UFC was the first event back doing it. And we were the second event back doing shows and doing it on a regular basis. Right. I mean, we, we, uh, you know, we shut down on, on in mid, mid March and by July we were back doing shows already. And we, and we, and in July of, of 2020, we did four shows in July. Yeah, that's phenomenal. I mean, think about that. There, there are so, a lot of promotions that didn't even do four shows all year. Right. And that's why I said it was our team. It was a lot of hard work. And, and, and our team is so much, you know, it's like I could sit here and uh, I could sit here and go on and on about every single, but everyone that's on our team knows who I'm talking about. You know, we work with our, the production company we work with, all the, I, I mean, it's really a family. And, and I couldn't be prouder of, of, the environment and and the camaraderie we build, like like I I really want to feel like you know when the guys come from the LFA, like you know like like I want to it's almost like a fraternity in sure. a sense. You know what I'm saying? It's like it's like we we really we really support them and we really support their success. And and I think the more that fighters understand our philosophy and what we try to do for these guys' career, it makes sense. Why why wouldn't all the next best champions want to come through us? Right. Because we're the ones out there putting 28 shows a year, going out there, being able to put the frequency, the quality of fights and preparing these guys inside and outside the octagon for when they get ready to go to that next level. Because, yes, fighting and performing is a big part of it. But there's also the other part, you know, when they put a microphone in your face, you know how to speak, you know how to you know, do interviews. And we start to, uh, you know, expect that from a lot of our fighters as they start moving up on the card and doing main events, they're going to be doing radio shows. They're going to be doing media. So it prepares the fighters. And that's, that's honestly like our whole theory. It's almost like a, a university of what to do 
to, to be the next level. I look at all these guys, like with my management experience, I, I try to advise these guys with all the knowledge I have. Pick my brain. I, I just want to see the success of everyone that goes through the LFA. That's what makes, that's what makes us successful is seeing their success. And it's, that's why it's such a positive environment. Yeah, and I can tell you take a lot of pride in uh, those veterans carrying that uh, that LFA flag I- into the octagon, and and you know there's been a lot of successful athletes uh, uh, that have you know graduated, if you will, and are doing big things coming up here uh, inside the the UFC. Now uh, we'll we'll wrap up here uh, at 28 shows. I, I guess you got is, is that how many we're going to expect? Yeah, here? yeah, we're going to be doing 28 shows next year. We're going to be doing. Uh, four shows internationally. We're going to be going back to Brazil. Um, and I'm really excited about that. You know, we've really expanded our brand internationally. And we're really, really, if you've watched our events, if you, if people haven't gotten to watch LFA 111 and 112, go back and watch the quality and the level of fights that went on in those two events. I could tell you right now, th- those were some of the greatest fights uh, to me uh, that we put on. And, and uh, if you haven't got a chance to watch it. So we're really excited about going back to Brazil and, and really exploring all the new talent and seeing who the next Anderson Silva, Vanderlei Silva, or, or, or Nogueira, who, 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 who's the next one of those that's going to come out of Brazil. And hopefully we're going to develop them and, and, and put them into that next level of competition. That's awesome, Ed. Well, I appreciate your time. Best of luck moving forward here in 2022. And if uh, Ron Kruk ever, you know, can't make a show, give me a call. <laughs> Will do, man. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Ed. Appreciate the time. What's up, Fight Passers? Sklar Brothers here, Randy and Jason, and we've got a brand new show coming out on Fight Pass in 2022. Although legally, we're not allowed to talk about it, but it is coming out in the spring. Legally not allowed to say that. And it is called The Nosebleed. Legally not allowed to say that. And it's just us taking a deep dive into the craziest, weirdest moments in the Fight Pass library. Legally, we can say that. It's gonna be fun. Listen, it's gonna be like a night out with Randy Quaid. It's gonna be crazy, it's gonna be unpredictable. It's gonna be hilarious. And at the end of it, you might find yourself holed up in a motel room in Canada doing ketamine with a man who smells like Cool Ranch Doritos. Yep. So in that spirit, we wanna break down our three favorite UFC moments from 2021. Let's go! Number three. It's Barbosa knocking out Burgos at UFC 262. It all happened so fast, and yet it felt like it was going in slow motion. Check it out. More busy with the left. Oh, ooh, good right hand by Barbosa. This is like when the drugs finally kick in at Burning Man. Yeah, it may take a second, but you're definitely gonna end up on your ass. It's as if Burgos's brain told his body a secret that it didn't believe right away. And then his brain was like, I told you so, cornrows. DJs aren't allowed to delay their drops this much. This is like when your buddy tries to convince you that he's cool to drive after 18 Jaeger shots. For three seconds, you're like, maybe he can get us home. And then you're like, yeah, no fucking way. At number two, we got the night Bruce Buffer thought he was introducing a fight, but instead got into a fight with a fly. Take a look. Ladies and gentlemen, we are live. That fly would not be denied. Yeah, what happened to consent? 
Meanwhile, Buffer doesn't even break stride. He's unflappable. He eats flies like that for breakfast. I blame Buffer's jacket. Yeah, that thing's busier than Walmart on Black Friday. Keep going. That blazer looks like the carpet at a casino in Atlantic City. That's about to get demolished by, by a renegade fly. And at number one, our favorite moment of the year came right after Tuivasa knocked out Sakai at UFC 269. Ah, yes, I remember exactly where I was when that happened. You should, it was like two weeks ago. I know, but I want credit for remembering where I was two weeks ago. Check it out. Yes, his flurry of knockout punches was glorious, but his celebration was another instant classic. That may be a Nike, but please just don't do it. I don't know what's worse, the fact that he's drinking out of someone's dirty shoe or the beer that he chose. Yeah, that looks like Milwaukee's best. The beast! Yeah, you don't know if you're tasting the beer or the foot fungus, or both. Tui going for the shoey is like the guy who jumps off your roof into your hot tub. Yeah, you can do it. The crowd's gonna love it. You may even survive, but you're probably gonna walk with a limp for the rest of your life as a result. And I think it was a two-shoe minimum that night, so it was about to get real sloppy up in that piece. You know Pornhub has an entire section dedicated to drinking beer out of shoes. I don't know what Pornhub is. Ex-Hamster? Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. Nice to see Gronk there in the middle of the NFL season. Is that Gronk or is that a doppelganger? Both, it's a Gronkleganger. Well, that's it for us. We'll see you in 2022 from the nosebleeds. May the flies stay out of your mouths. And may your sneakers runneth over with the hoppiest of beers. Happy New Year. This concludes our live broadcast of Extra Rounds. Are we still on the air? Watch the archive anytime on UFC Fight Pass or Facebook.com slash UFC Fight Pass. You can also listen to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or anywhere you listen to podcasts.